1: And welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you here from Chicago Midway Airport, which is eerily quiet right now. That can change in a heartbeat. Uh, Allison Lucan is with us. Say hello, Allison. Hello. Tom Reed is out there somewhere. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. It is Friday. The Blue Jackets have... A big one at home tonight. I don't know if it's a big one, but it's an exciting one. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs are coming to town. Um, And they may be, with apologies to Pittsburgh and Washington, they may may be the most dynamic offensive team in the East. So a big challenge for the Blue Jackets tonight. Uh, And I think they're kind of back to where they were uh, a few, couple weeks ago anyways. Uh, just in the sense that I don't feel like they feel like they're defending well like that has slid a little bit uh, ever since they started this four game set against the Metro they went four and0 so it's hard to complain certainly especially the way it's gone through the years here in Columbus but they they they've kind of taken their foot off the pedal that's that's tripe but they've they're not as sharp and attentive as they had been. Defensively, uh, Tortorella, that's complained about it. Do you guys see that as 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 well as that? Tom, you saw these games up close. Um, three of the four. What are you seeing?
3: Well, they were really they were really fortunate to win in Philadelphia. That was not a very good performance. Uh, I think the top line and Bob were the stories that game, yep. and maybe even so more. It was kind of similar in New Jersey, but not quite to the same extent. Uh, New Jersey just isn't very good. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think it's fair. I, I think that they have uh, – I think it, it, they, they are getting by with their talent right now. And it's yeah. – it's, um, you know, it's, it's – when you look at some of these teams and, you know, you look at Philadelphia and New Jersey, and these two were playoff teams last year, and they're, they're nowhere close to the Blue Jackets talent-wise. The, the Blue Jackets are, I think, in some ways are getting by with talent. And Bob's been really good in, in the games. As you know, first star of last week, uh, he he was really good in the two
1: games uh, that I saw in Philadelphia and New Jersey. Yeah, Allison, uh, you watch these games as closely as anybody. Are you seeing sort of a slip on the on the uh, handle a little bit?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I think <clears throat> I think we are seeing lapses. I mean, you look at that first goal last night, right? I mean, three on one. That's exactly what this team didn't want to have happen. But um, And I was as shocked as anyone. I was the one texting Tom on on the road trip there before the holiday about how poorly the Jackets were controlling the shot share. They had their two lowest totals of the season um, against the Devils and the Flyers. But when I pulled up game by game, um, particularly in five on five, I think what we're actually seeing is just as much a drop in offensive pressure, if anything else, uh, looking at the the shots against the scoring chances against the shot attempts against, there's not been a very significant uptick overall, um, but there has been a downtick <clears throat> mightily. So for what the jackets themselves produce. So I think, I think that's contributing to the optics. And then again, Anytime, particularly for people who follow this time, anytime you see an odd man rush, that's a sign that they're not keying back into how they need to play, like we saw last night yeah. on that first and, one.
3: And there was uh, last night, I think it was the second goal. Boy, we saw a lot of those when they were hemorrhaging goals, just guys standing wide open in front yeah. of
1: Yeah, right. a for sure. Easy
3: redirection for Kreider. I mean, there were way too many of those uh, when they were that that spell of, I don't know how many games it was where they were just giving up goals left and right. So yeah, they're, they're, I, I also agree with Allison. I, I I can't remember if it was the Philadelphia or New Jersey. At one point they had like eight shots. Right. Oh, it was when Portarella just went crazy on him on the bench. I yes. think the blue jackets had eight shots midway through the game and he was just at had, it had, had enough. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good point by Allison that, that they are not getting uh, enough shots in some of these games again
1: let's talk about a couple of hot button issues here, uh, Bobrovsky and Panarin not getting into all their contract stuff. That not, not much has changed on that front, if anything, but there have been reports in, in recent weeks about Bobrovsky, uh, from, from certainly respected, credible people. Uh, Kevin Weeks has had the most recent one NHL network, Kevin Weeks, former NHL goaltender, Kevin Weeks, um, I thought he should have disclosed that he has the same agent as Bobrovsky does in his reporting. And he made it clear that that his reporting um, was not coming from Bobrovsky directly, but from Bobrovsky's camp. But it was it was a stinging report that the situation between Bobrovsky and the Blue Jackets has, quote, deteriorated badly, uh, that it's reached the point of no return. And. There have been times this year, I think, him not starting the opener where you go, oh, now that's interesting. Him being left in for eight goals twice, you go, oh, now that's interesting. That could be a coach that's pissed off and trying to drive a point home, and it could be a, something that upsets a goaltender greatly. They don't like to be hung out to dry. But I don't, and we poked around on this, and we've asked Bob, I don't see, outside of his pre-training camp conversation with the media, which was a different Bob than any of us have ever seen before, I don't see any sign um, that the situation has deteriorated badly and there the stuff happens behind the scenes all the time. Of course, that we're not privy to maybe a former NHL goaltender would be privy to some of that stuff. But I honestly believe that if the situation had deteriorated that badly between the two sides, it would be pretty evident even at the level of access that, that beat reporters and, local media have any feelings on this from either of you is as to where i mean it's healthy in the sense that bob is able to compete and play i don't think it's a love fest but do you guys see a situation that has deteriorated so badly and is as untenable as another word that's been used
2: yeah i mean i i don't i To answer the question, no, I haven't seen that. And I think that, to to your point, Bob's performance speaks to a very locked-in mentally player. Um, Yes. To to your credit, last week before the holiday, you know, you asked John Tortorella about this as well. who, And he's hinted to this a couple times, but was the most direct. I personally have heard him in saying that the team basically had a meeting about this whole situation at the start of the season. Correct. To start everything off and basically talked about in i mean i'm interpreting this here how not to let that get in the room um yeah. torts said that he feels his relationship with bob is fine um but but you know i do think it's fair to consider that there's good there's the opportunity for differences in the relationship in terms of the players and coaches in the room and then the player and his team and the management group that has to have the the conversations about what happens next. Um, That's something we, I personally don't see. So I can't have any opinion on it, but at the, at the ground level in the room with the team, with the coaches, as far as what we see, uh, I haven't seen any breakdowns there.
1: I'll say, I'll say this and I'll kick it to you, Tom, after this. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how the situation between the Blue Jackets and Bobrovsky's agent, Paul Theofanas, could deteriorate, to be honest with you, because it hasn't been worth a damn (laughs) for six or seven years now. Like, they really don't like each other. And they had, you'll recall, a nasty, a nasty uh, negotiation. What was that? 12-13? 12-13? After 12-13 when he had such a great year with the Blue Jackets? I mean, really nasty. And it hasn't gotten better since then. So I don't know how that could possibly deteriorate um, <laughs> if that's what was meant by the report. I, that that wouldn't surprise me at all if the relationship between the two sides. But it was pretty clearly stated that it was the relationship between Bobrovsky and the Blue Jackets. Like The player in the Blue Jackets has gotten really bad. And I, th- I think I don't know that either side could be this good at hiding it. If it was just absolutely 100% toxic right now, Tom, any thoughts? You've been on <clears throat> sports for a long time. you covered all sorts of sports. We don't see everything, but we don't miss this kind of stuff. Do we? Uh,
3: no, I don't think so. No, I, I don't sense that. And, and the, not only from Bob, but just from his teammates. I, I don't sense it from his teammates at all. And we've been in both been in locker rooms where there's been tension, uh, with players and you can feel it. You can yeah. feel the tension in the room. Um, and, and at times when guys come into the room, well, let's just last year with when Ian Cole came in and, and Vanek, you could feel the, the tension in the room go and it wasn't anyone's fault. They were just squeezing their sticks too hard. There were a lot of guys that had slumps, but you could feel a difference within a week in that yeah. room that those guys had made a difference. Everyone had kind of, taking a deep breath. They kind of like these guys. It just, it, you, the, there was a total, total different feeling in the room. And, and you used to, you feel it the other way too. When there is problems, you feel it. Uh, I mean, there certainly when Steve Mason wasn't going well, uh, yeah. there were some times where, you know, he sometimes pointed fingers and you just sensed an uneasiness in the room. I don't see it at all. Again, they may, maybe, maybe people have, are are trying to run the whole thing together instead of saying, like you just laid out, and Allison had mentioned, uh, agent versus management, maybe it's that, and they're just using the wrong words to say that it's specifically Bob and the team, because I don't see the Bob and the team at all. Bob seems very, you know, winning. Uh, Of course, winning glosses over a lot of things, and when you play as well as Bob's playing right now, losses over a lot of things, but yeah. he seems to be—he seems to be the same old Bob. He's back to being the same old Bob to me, and the players around him really appreciate how well he's playing.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other guy, of course, that's created so much drama in Columbus this year is Artemi Panarin. Uh, in a similar situation as Bob, in that he is a UFA, um, and there have been multiple reports that that uh, he is not willing to negotiate with the Blue Jackets. I—I I think what we can say about that is, and we've reported this, but. In late January, <coughs> the Blue Jackets—excuse me—have the Blue Jackets have a lengthy break, all-star break. They have their five-day mand- mandatory uh, NHLPA break. Sometime in that window, uh, the Blue Jackets are going to meet with with Panarin's agent, Daniel Milstein, to get a "Where are we going here?" idea from the agent. And, and the sense is that they have to know something by then if they're going to proceed. Either way, if he's interested in signing. Let's get a deal done. If he's not, if he's still hemming and hawing, okay, you're going to be traded. Um, And I've poked around. Can there be a gentleman's agreement that he wants to sign here? And I've been told, absolutely not. If there's a gentleman's agreement that he wants to sign here, then just sign here. So it does feel right now, a little less than two months away, that it's going to come to a head uh, a month out from the the, uh, trade deadline. And so we'll see where it goes. Um, but it's, it's hard for me to watch him play against the Rangers. And that's a team that, uh, there has been much, much speculation that that's where he would like to, to play and everything sort of lines up great with them in terms of them rebuilding a short rebuild as they're attempting to make. Um, I couldn't help, but watch him play last night and think, boy, he's trying too hard. Uh, cause he had an awful game with tons of turnovers. I think the turnover that led to directly to the, the Rangers first goal a three on one. Um, he just was not good last night. He looked affected last night. And I'm wondering if I'm creating something that's not there. I don't think I am. Uh, do you see anything, anything to that Tom, when you watched him play last night?
3: Yeah, he looked like a player that was Now, Now, first of all, he's had, he's killed the Rangers in the past. I mean, they, even when Chicago, yeah. I think he had a hat trick the last time he was in the garden. If I'm Correct. not mistaken. Uh, he looked like a player that was trying to put on a show last night and yep. uh, trying to force plays that weren't there. So no, I, I, I completely concur with you on that. Um, yeah. And I, you know, we'll see where this goes, but uh, that was not, that was not one of his better games last night. And it was one of those games where it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. he just you know, and I, it, it just looked obvious to me. Well, Allison, what did you see?
2: Yeah, no, I I mean, I agree, and I think it's even more stark when you look at that that was the line that was carrying this team the last two games, right? I mean, so the contrast of being effective and then over trying to be effective um, was definitely noticeable to to me. I mean, look, his numbers are still going to be very strong, and they were because he's Artemi Panarin playing with Cam Atkinson and Pierre-Luc Dubois. But um, it was a surprise to see some of the things he was doing for me in that game, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, right. The turnover high in the in the zone of the blue line. Oh, yeah. oh. Boy. A um, couple of—Tort uh, said something interesting yesterday, that Pierre-Luc Dubois, is, Pierre-Luc Dubois is driving that line. And I think that's an interesting way to look at it, because I think heretofore everyone has believed that Artemi Panarin is driving that line. Um, he also mentioned something else, that that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois's ability to pass the buck off his forehand and backhand <laughs> has really stood out to him this year in his playmaking sense. I think we're starting to see a different side of Pierre-Luc Dubois in terms of being an, a, a really almost a budding high-end offensive player i think last year he was kind of a bread and butter offensive guy who looked like a number one by his defensive awareness his size his ability to check feels like that part of his game is awakening And Tom, you scratched this a little bit does he get enough respect for the playmaker that he is well i just think i think that he is we 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 talked
3: about this in philadelphia he and i and i wrote about it a little bit i think in new jersey but to me over the last two or three weeks, I'm starting to see him make passes and they don't always lead to goals, but I'm seeing him make passes that really like that is what a high end number one center makes that I have not seen anyone. Now I was not really here for the Johansson era. I was elsewhere, but I, I have never seen another center make passes. Some of these plays that he's making around the net, and in the offensive zone. There was one specific pass, and I can't remember who was at the right doorstep. And he he, he was so surprised the, the, the recipient was so surprised he didn't get much on the shot. Right. How in the heck did he get the pass through there? And then the Felino goal, I think it might have been in Philadelphia, uh with which ju- just was a tap in for Fellino. Yeah. The pass, the skill that he made on that pass and the vision that he has. Is really is really something because you're right, Porty. I think for the first year or so, the 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 whole narrative was, oh, he doesn't back down from anyone. He'll go against Sidney Crosby. Right. He'll take as good as he gets against Ryan Kessler. And I think we focus so much on his size and how big he is and how willingness he is to use it that we are either a missing it, but b I think it's just. He's been in the league for a year and a half. And that yep. skill that he showed in the league in, in juniors is starting to come out.
1: Yeah. Allison, let me ask you about the third member of that line. Um, a guy that I think people in Columbus know pretty well by now. Um, but there's a different level to Cam Atkinson this yes. year. And I talked to him a little bit about about this uh, yesterday. And I'll scratch at this in in um, in copy here in the, in the near term. Um, he... He's the guy that you, his body language has always been like in really large print on the ice. Like when he's frustrated, you can tell because every shot attempt that doesn't turn into a goal. He's, he's looking up at the rafters. He's banging a stick on the ice. He's running down the, the tunnel, destroying stuff with the stick. And he went through that, that stretch. He's been hot here for about three or four games. But before that, he went six games without a goal, had some unbelievable scoring chances and didn't score, but you didn't see any of that stuff. And I, he just feels like a guy who's reached a different level of calm, and I, I know that's a hard thing to quantify, but do you see a new calm in Cam Atkinson, and do you see something different about his game that's resulting in the uptick in goals? i on pace for 53 goals.
2: It, it, it's crazy, and it's crazy to think that we were – had to think through, could he get 40 at the beginning of the year, right? Right, And now it seems obvious. Um, I I do. I do see a calm, and and I I point back to, you know, his start last year. And, well, he didn't say it to start, but it it sounded like it was true after the fact. You know, the the fact that his contract was undetermined at that time really was in his head. Um, This is a guy now, and and listen, we we aren't best friends with these players, but this is a guy who – has a young son, his family is is settled. He spent the, the off season here in Columbus, has a home now that, that he and his wife and kid are living in. Life is good if you're Cam Atkinson, away from the ice, right? And good for him, yeah. I mean, kudos to him. And it it if that's it, there does seem to be a piece to him that is translating to confidence. And, and you know, like I've said with, with Atkinson for so long, this is a guy who always does things the right way. He has just been a victim of shooting percentage. And and right now he's, his shooting percentage at five on five is 16.3%. So, and, and and before you think that's insane, crazy, I saw something this morning that Austin Matthews is currently at like 25%, which is even more crazy. (laughs) So, so it's not like cam is this total outlier. I mean, that's high, but there's other guys out there doing the same thing too. And so what's, What's been interesting to me in his game is that he's actually shooting slightly less, but I'm not I'm not unconvinced that that's because more shots are just going in, so he doesn't have to shoot as much. Yeah, the puck's not live anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I look at his the scoring chances he's getting are pretty much the same. He, he's driving the attempts. Fewer of his attempts are getting blocked this year. Um, which could speak to maybe his shot selection or his shot placement on the ice. But um, it's not this big, like flashing neon sign. It's a whole new cam Atkinson, but there is a layer of something to him this season. That's definitely been a difference maker.
1: So since he came back from injury last January 25th, a broken foot, he returned in Vegas. If you guys remember that since then, the goals leaders in the league: Alex Ovechkin, forty-nine; Patrick Laine, forty-six; Connor McDavid, forty-five; Cam Atkinson, forty-one. Crazy. That's that's a pretty good company to keep, right there.
2: Crazy, and so some people still don't know who he is.
1: All <laughs> right, he's going to be an all-star. Yep. Right, he's got to be an all-star. Again. Right. Yeah um guys what else we need to to get to here anything we've got the leafs in town tonight um this should be a great one tonight at the rink um you know there's gonna be a lot of torontonians driving down um just with the with the winter break so it should be a loud and, and festive barn tonight um and it'll be good to have some games back going again here after the break did everybody have a nice christmas indeed tom yeah, I watched uh, three of the five NBA games, so it was a great day. You're sick. <laughs> are there are
3: five NBA games? Oh, it's, 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 it's Christmas is awesome for the NBA, and there were some great games. Did the Lakers play two of them? Uh, the Lakers absolutely destroyed the Warriors, even after losing LeBron in the what? third quarter to what looked like a growing injury. So a uh, right. lot of good basketball.
1: That's awesome. Allison, We you need an Ohio State update?
2: Yeah, there's uh, the men are back in action uh, this weekend, starting tonight and then again tomorrow, um, hosting non-con- non-conference opponent Mercyhurst. Um, on, this let's... is this is a group that wants to get through this second half of the season strong because they want to be in a position, standing-wise, to get back to the tournament. So this is when the games start to matter. Lots of Big Ten play coming up. Um, check those games out, particularly tomorrow. There's no jackets, so consider either watching online or heading over to the shot. Uh, what about the women? The women are off uh, this weekend. They will be hosting in exhibition, the um, Minnesota Whitecaps, an NWHL team yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next, next, uh, next weekend. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And there's a, a player on the Buckeye team who actually was drafted by Minnesota last week. So little side narrative there that makes it even more fun
1: nice and what's the charge for that game do you know
2: the women's game is free women's game you is got free no
1: excuses then. that's awesome
2: parking free tickets free um oh my
1: God.
2: and if 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 i may real quick uh did a fun mailbag yesterday and um, yes shared a story that we wrote last, last well this year but last season about a group um started by some hockey moms because of course uh, to kind of regrow the opportunities for young women in central Ohio to play. Um, and just a cool moment was um, last year, one of the coaches told me the story of a central Ohio talented athlete who had to leave Ohio and play in Texas to play competitive wi- uh, women's hockey at a high school, what? high school level. Uh, her dad actually commented on the mailbag last night, um, nice. which was pretty, pretty cool. But um, We need to have fewer of those stories and more stories of Central Ohio, much like we've seen with the Central Ohio young men um, making a statement, now it's time for the women to add their names to the list because they can. And the talent here, they just need opportunity to play.
1: Indeed. Well, check out the Ask Allison Mailbag. How often are you going to do that? Is there any idea behind
2: Uh, that? Yeah, still thinking about it, but we got, I mean, I couldn't even answer all the questions we got. Just... Fantastic questions. My husband read them and he, my husband said, uh, did you write these and just plant them? I'm like, I had nothing to do with this. He's well, like, they're nice. really, really good.
1: That's nice. I hope you, did you mistakenly spill your coffee in his lap? <laughs> he,
2: he, he had errands to run after that. I gave him a long to do list. Yeah, so. no, doubt. no
0: doubt.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your time guys. And thanks for listening. Thanks for reading our stuff. Thanks for watching those post game videos. Geez. Sorry about the screen grabs there half the time. Um, <laughs> But uh, we'll work on that. Blue Jackets Toronto tonight. We'll uh, talk to you after the game. Uh, Thanks for uh, subscribing and thanks for listening. Talk to you all soon.